From the Goodnight Scholars program at NC State University, I'm Anthony Olaya Wright, and this is Have a Good Night. On this episode, I sat down with Erica Council and talked about her journey of self-discovery, ADHD, authenticity, and a cat named Happy, theoretical math, and the importance of running your own race in college. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Okay, um, rank these breakfast beverages in order of best beverage to worst beverage. Orange juice, apple juice, cranberry juice. Best is apple juice and then orange juice and then cranberry juice, but I love them all. What? So I would actually put apple juice at the bottom of my list. Really? Um, Not that I don't like it, but I think... I don't know. I, I, orange juice is number one. I feel like orange juice is the ultimate breakfast beverage. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like a nice glass of OJ, some bacon and eggs, you know, a little bit of toast, maybe a little avocado, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the quintessential. I just had that this morning, actually, which is why it's so fresh of mine. <laughs> that's the quintessential breakfast. Cranberry juice, specifically cranberry juice cocktail, because if you get like the regular cranberry juice, you know, you're trying to like you're trying to cure something, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who like drinks cranberry juice just like off the rip. And the apple juice is, is cool. It's a tasty beverage, but you know, it's nothing, uh, for me, nothing that I'm like, oh, I really want some apple juice. Why is apple juice number one for you? Um, I don't know. I just like the sweetness of it, I guess. Um, it reminds me of simpler time. <laughs> I guess that's why I like apple juice. That's fair. Like, did you grow up on, on apple juice a lot? Yeah, I think we had apple juice more than orange juice. I, I also just, I like orange juice now. Like, I like it a lot now. But back in the day, I didn't I didn't love it so much. It wasn't my favorite juice. So apple juice just has that that fondness for me, <laughs> I guess. It has a, a nostalgia factor, too, because I didn't grow up on apple juice. Like, it was, mm-hmm. it was orange juice or cranberry juice. So maybe... Maybe I just got introduced to it a little too late in the game for me to truly appreciate it. Um, Maybe. Last question for you. Uh, pulp or no pulp in your orange juice? You know, I don't love pulp in my orange juice, but I don't mind it in my Chick-fil-A lemonade. It's a very specific, <laughs> very specific <laughs> beverage. Um, that's fair. I think a, a pulpy lemonade adds like a little bit of refreshing, a refreshing quality to it. Mm-hmm. Feels more fresh squeeze where like pulp and orange juice can get in the way sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. But I, I enjoy pulp getting in the way. Anytime I get orange juice, high pulp. You know, high it's never pulp. like high pulp. I wanna taste I wanna taste the orange. Mm. Wow. So I've never heard anybody who wants high pulp, but that's very interesting. Yeah, I'm a weird guy. So it is what it is. <laughs> Um, but Erica, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Um, yeah, we just appreciate you uh, you being here. And I mean, we talked about this before we started, but um, Erica has like a wall of, it's like all these like colorful paintings. And is that like a, a knitted like something, the little circle that I see there on your wall? This, oh, on the wall? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, that's like a little embroidered um a little embroidered piece that uh, I actually got from my friend's friend made it and then gave it to my friend and then she gave it to me. So 
it's been passed down the line. It's the sisterhood of the traveling embroidered circle. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome, Erica. So we'll just get things started. If you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the Good Night Scholars program. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so hello, my name is Erica Council. I am a rising senior this year studying math. Um, I love math. I'm a nerd in that way, I guess. <laughs> I think it's the best. Um, coolest subjects. There's so much you can do with it. Um, I am a cat mom. Hopefully my cats will behave during this and not interrupt us. But I have two cats. Their names are Happy and Blueberry. Um, Great I love cats. Thank you. Thank you. I, I got happy first and then I wanted Blueberry's name to be blue without it actually meaning sad because I, I didn't think that would be fair if I named my cats like sad after naming an, another one happy. I just right. didn't feel like that was right. So that's why her name is Blueberry. Um, so thank you. And then a little bit more about me. I love roller skating. I love video games. My favorites are Animal Crossing and Smash Bros. Um, I love those games, and I like to crochet. I'm a very average crocheter, but I like it, and yeah, those are kind of my hobbies and what I like to do. Who do you uh, who do you play with in, in Smash? Okay, so behind me, as you can see, I have a, I have a Kirby painting. Kirby's my number one. Um, I love Kirby. Uh, he's OP. <laughs> I also love um, Zelda and Corrin. And then I bought the DLC character Pyra and Mithra. Um, they're, they're so good. So those are my, my favorites to play as. Okay, Kirby's a go-to for me as well. Um, I also play as, um, was it Samus? Mm -hmm. um, and then Captain Falcon. I love it. Um, so how did you how did you get into the Good Night Scholars program? So you it's crazy that you're going to be a senior. I think I always forget like how, not how old you are, right? But like how long you've, uh, been in the program so what it was what was that process like for you to to get here I know I can't believe it I I feel I feel old <laughs> being a senior um but that process I found out about the good night scholars program in back in high school um because my friend told me about it and so I started kind of doing some research and I got invited to apply um and then throughout that that time that I was doing my research, um, I talked to several other like current scholars at the time um, who had come from my high school. So I talked to Selma, Vitus, Sarah Hall um, about the program, and it just seemed like the most amazing thing. Um, it seemed like such a great community. So I really put my all into my application, um, and then... I luckily, very fortunately, got invited to interview. Um, the interview process was terrifying, but great at the same time. Um, everybody did so, so well trying to make us comfortable. I'll never forget Jay telling us, um, be yourself. That's the only piece of advice that he would ever give, really, other than be on time, is <laughs> be yourself. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to receive the scholarship and I found the most amazing community within the Goodnight Scholars program. I, from day one, really, I, I love being part of the program and I feel like it's a family. It's awesome. 
Um, yeah, that's really cool. And I think it's the be yourself thing is still a mainstay. Um, that's, I feel like it's a rite of passage at this point. If you come to interview day, like you have to get annoyed by the whole, like, Oh, be yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that mean? You know, who am I? You know, like, (laughs) how do we, I don't know who I am. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, well, that's really cool. Uh, you mentioned that you are a math major. Um, have you always been a math major? No, I actually started out as a math education major, um, but last summer, kind of last minute before the semester started, decided to switch. Hmm. What was that? Uh, what was the rationale? So I still want to be in education, um, but at the time, I mean, it's been a very divisive time. <laughs> so in the U.S. Um, and teachers are not treated with the utmost respect that I think that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of part of it. Um, I just decided I'm not sure if um, I want to limit myself to being a teacher with a math education degree and with a math degree, I could still be a teacher if I if I so choose. Um, so that was part of it. And then another part of it was... I kind of um, wanted to see if I could do it. I had always wondered if I could be a math major, if I could succeed in that or not. And I wanted to put myself to the test and I love math. So I wanted to keep studying it at a higher level, which I I wouldn't have been able to do as much in a math degree. So I just decided, like I said, to put myself to the test and see, see how it goes. And here we are. It's going well. Because <laughs> at a certain level, mind you, in college, like I only ha- I had to take, uh, I think the highest math I took was like Calc 2, right? And like, that was enough for me, right? I was like, cool, like, this is, this is all I need to do. Once you get past a certain level, you're not even like, I mean, you're studying math, but you're studying like more like theories behind stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that right? What does that look like? Um, And I'm genuinely curious because I have no clue like what that even is. Yeah. So um, I would say there's a lot more proof writing. I haven't gotten into all of the theory classes yet because that's something that I'm going to be doing next year. But um, there's a lot more proving what you're doing instead of just doing it. Uh, Especially I just took linear algebra um, at the 400 level because I've taken the 300 and 400 level. um, because my credits didn't transfer among the, the majors. Um, so there's a lot more, yeah, just showing exactly why what you're doing works. Um, I also do still do that, like, bare bones math, I guess you could say, like, without proving what you're doing, just doing it. So my favorite class that I've taken recently has been partial differential equations. So it's differential equations with um, multiple variables. And that is, oh my gosh, it was the coolest thing. I learned so much. It was very challenging. Um, But it's like, it's really cool to have it laid out in front of you and see that all the knowledge that you've accumulated over time is, you're able to use it. Um, so it was really awesome to see that like I've made it this far in my math career and that I can do these really hard things. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
As soon as you said partial differential equation, I kind of spaced out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, but I'm glad that someone can do it, right? Um, and and prove that this stuff works. Because um, math, I mean, there was a, a debate about like whether math itself was a science or a tool for science. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I I don't really have a stake in the game, right? But like, I feel like it is a science, right? In a way, to like, because um, you're proving things, like it's you're you're you have hypotheses and you're trying to like figure out stuff, right? Like through like through the science of math. So I think it's just like a really cool um, major and, and thing to have a focus on. So kudos to you. Thank you. Um, so we talked a little bit prior to the podcast about, or just like your interest in, in wanting to like be featured this, uh, this month specifically about um, kind of like the past couple of years and how a lot of the, the changes and pandemic and, um, I don't know, just like circumstances all around us, there are many piling up at this point, mm-hmm. um, have kind of like led you to a, um, a journey of self-discovery of sorts. Um, can you talk about what that self-discovery has looked like for you um, from when you first enrolled in college to now um, and just kind of like what that, what that journey has been like for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been, it's been a wild ride, I would say. <laughs> Um, I never really expected, I don't think anybody expected COVID to happen. And that was a catalyst for sure in self-discovery because you were kind of forced to spend a lot of time with yourself. So I kind of had to get to know myself a lot better. Um, I came into college 18, like a like I said, a math education major. Um, I was dating somebody from my high school Um And I just, I don't know, I came in thinking I was very sure of myself, thinking that not not giving myself the room to change. So I think the first part of my self-discovery was realizing that I was not going to be the same person at 19 or 20 or 21 that I was at 18, and realizing that I'm not going to be the same person at 25 or 30 that I am at 21. I think that was my first step was was that just realizing that people change and they're supposed to (laughs) like it's not like you're supposed to stay the same forever um then over time I kind of I started coming into myself I guess um as far as my my sexuality so like I said I was dating someone from my high school he was a man um and I am gay so that was kind of a huge part of my self-discovery was realizing that um that I'm gay and that I am not particularly interested in dating men um and I think that that's really important to to my self-discovery because people think that or I don't know if people think this but that it's kind of like one facet of your identity like that sexuality is just one one part of you but I really feel like it trickles into so much else when you're not being yourself Mm -hmm. um so that was a huge thing for me because I I just now that I'm out I feel I I just feel like myself again it's a crazy I don't know how to describe it other than it's it's like being I'm being the person that I was always meant to be and I feel like this is, 
I, it took me a long time to get to this point, but it couldn't have happened in any other way. So that was a huge part of my, um, my self-discovery was just coming into that. And then realizing another, another big piece, I would say the third big piece was realizing that I don't have to be perfect. (laughs) Um, I came into college expecting a perfect 4.0, um, straight A's all across the board. And I realized that as things get more challenging, that's not necessarily attainable for everyone, um, for most people. So giving myself that grace um, kind of goes hand in hand with giving myself the grace of coming into my sexuality and, and allowing myself the time to do so um, was another big piece, just realizing that it all kind of plays into, they all kind of play into each other, realizing that people change, you don't have to be perfect, and I'm gay. <laughs> Those were the biggest pieces, I think, of becoming who I am now. Yeah, um, and I think as you look at your college experience, um, specifically around like this notion of being perfect and like trying to, try to, I guess, like fit a mold of sorts, like how did you balance or come into like this, it's like, oh, I'm in this competitive environment, which or college in a way feels like a competitive environment at times, mm-hmm. but like, I don't need to compete. Like, was that like a, a thought that you like were grappling with or just like, what was that like? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think switching from math education to math really drilled that into my head um, because the only person that you're really competing with, and I don't even like putting it this way, but the only person you're competing with is yourself. And I only mean that as far as like you are competing with yourself to get better. It It's not, it's still, I think that thinking of it as a competition is not necessarily the most healthy way to view it. Um, mm-hmm. And, but that's kind of how a lot of people do. That's kind of what we're trained to do. So I think that um, getting my first B in a class and not doing as well as I wanted to kind of showed me that um, I'm my biggest competitor. All I, all I need to do, all I'm responsible for is myself and bettering myself. And if I have the time and the mental energy, helping other people to do the same. So I think that that was, um, that was definitely a realization for me over the past year or so. Uh, that I did not really come to before then. Yeah. College is like a game of golf. You know what I'm saying? It's just you, it's you and the ball, right? <laughs> <laughs> you just got to make it through um, the course and, and try your best, right? Like, um, I don't know. I, I Like, I think, and I've talked about this in the podcast before, like I um, was more so focused on like the learning versus like the grades, right? Mm-hmm. And so I will walk away from class and be like, oh, like I really learned something and may not have like done the best on the test. But I'm like, oh, okay, like can't say I didn't try, right? Or like I feel like I retained the information, but like test taking wasn't like my go-to strength, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm glad that you are able to um, kind of like have a better balance of like that um, because a lot of students, I don't say they fall under the pressure, but like they they are they don't know how to get out of like these high pressure situations that oftentimes like are forced upon them by like these external factors it's not like they want to be in like a pressure cooker but like they just feel it 
because mm-hmm. of like the, the area and stuff that they're in. Um, and kind of like speaking to that and like learning and um, and just like navigating college, um, you've also identified that you have ADHD, right? And so like, mm-hmm. what does that, in conjunction with everything else that you have going on, like how do you, how has that like impacted your experience? Um, and just kind of like, what does, um, like, like what does support look like for you um, kind of like across the board for, for all those things? Yeah, so ADHD has impacted my experience heavily, I would say. Um, but it's because I didn't, I didn't realize that I had it until pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing I want to speak to is that a lot of times women are not identified as having ADHD until much later in life because the symptoms present differently. But the way that a lot of doctors and teachers are looking for it is the like hyperactive moving around all the time, talking all the time, talking really fast, not paying attention in class. Whereas for me, I can be sitting there looking at the board, looking like I'm paying perfect attention, maybe even writing stuff down. And in my head, it, it's just, it's going one in one ear and out the other. So I think that that's um, really important to mention is that I did not realize that I had it because I don't think anybody really saw the the signs, um, even though I guess I've had it my whole life. Um, I realized I had it because I, re- I last year when I was moving out of my apartment, my roommate, my current roommate came with me to help me move. And she was watching me pack up all my things. And she's like, Erica, have you ever considered... <laughs> that this might be an issue for you and I was like huh that's really interesting I I I didn't I did not I did not consider that and so from that point on um, I started noticing how it takes hold over my life Um, it's impossible for me to do one task at one time like I'm always multitasking or multitasking isn't the right word starting tasks and not finishing them and starting new tasks and not finishing them. Um, homework takes me hours. Um, just things like that. I, I wasn't able to pay attention as well in class as I could have, um, class, especially, oh my, especially online classes were impossible. Um, Mm. because there's nobody holding you accountable to pay attention. So not only do I, did I already struggle with that, but I was in a room by myself during COVID, so I really wasn't paying attention then. Um, what support looks like for me? Um, first of all, I do, I do take medication for ADHD, and that is a major help. Um, that is something I want to note. There's nothing wrong with taking medication for mental mental health reasons, um, and it helps me massively. Uh, it's been a it's been an absolute life changer honestly the way that I go about my days now are so different than how I used to um and I'm I'm very thankful for that I also have support in my friends oh also if you can hear that little purring that's my cat she came to say hello (laughs) um my friends support me a lot in my mental health um journey uh they 
they just make sure that I'm I'm doing okay. They help me stay on task when they when they see that I'm struggling with that. Um, they check in on me, things like that. So that's kind of my dual support system is my friends and family, and then also it's okay to need help from that from that extra that extra step of medication. That's kind of what my ADHD looks like for me. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting, and I'm glad that glad that you're here to share it, right? And thank you again for for being open about this. Um, so I think, especially um, as it relates to college students and individuals who um, you know who may have like ADHD or like are neurodivergent in like other ways, right? Like it's just tough to sometimes like grapple with it or like or have people to have people understand like what you're actually like going through, right? Because mm-hmm. um, like what they see as like, or what you see as, oh, like I'm unable to, you know, continue to like do a task or like, you know, stay on task. And they're like, oh, like, you know, you're just scatterbrained, whatever, whatever, right? And just kind of like try to like play it off or, or something like that. So um, appreciate your uh, your PSA as a source to, <laughs> to the listeners. Yeah. Um, and so I guess like last question for you, as you've kind of like come to, um, these realizations of source with your sexuality, with, um, you know, ADHD, with um, just understanding that, you know, you're going to go at your own pace and kind of like just be successful in your own right with like your classes and everything else. Um, As you look at senior year, what do you hope uh, or where do you hope? I think what and where do you hope this journey uh, of yours takes you and like kind of where do you see yourself going? as you approach graduation this upcoming year? So my ideal, um, like just kind of looking at it on paper, I really, really would like to go to grad school. So I'm doing research right now um, in the math department and partnered with the biomedical and mechanical engineering departments. Um, That is regarding um, the mathematical modeling of biological processes, processes, processes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm doing. And so I really want to go into the biomath um, graduate program here at NC State. And I want to be a graduate assistant. Bailey is one of my favorite people on the planet. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> She's gone from the program now. But um I really want to be a good night graduate assistant. That's my that's my ultimate dream. So um, that's where I would love for senior year to eventually take me. Um, just throwing that out there. Um, just FYI. But yeah, that's I really want to go to grad school. Um, I would love to someday be a professor. Um, but as far as senior year, I want to have fun. I want to do the college things i want to go to football games i'm gonna be a good night ambassador this year i want so i want to get to know as many good nights as i can um i just want to be involved as possible this year and that's what i'm that's my number one hope for senior year is that i can be super involved and just make the most of it good goals to have uh because senior year is a great time and college is is such a fleeting time like the fact that i've I started college in 2011, like 11 years ago is ridiculous. It's actually probably one of the most absurd things I'm ever going to say. I'm like, oh, I was in college 11 years ago. Um, It makes me feel old. Um, 
but I really do hope you enjoy it and that you can, you know, make positive memories and stuff like that. Um, any closing thoughts for uh, current good nights, perspective good nights, uh, anything that you want to say to the people? Yeah, I have one. I think that the most important thing I could say other than be yourself is believe in yourself. Mm. Um, I think that you got to be your number one supporter. Treat yourself like you would treat a friend. Um, that's one of the best things that I've learned um, is to just give yourself grace and, and treat yourself like you would treat a friend. Um, believe in what you can do because you're qualified, you're smart, you're, I'm sure, kind and funny and loving and all those great things. And it's okay to think that about yourself and to just believe that you can do the best that you can do. Um, so that would be my, my statement on, on closing is, yeah, believe in yourself and believe in, in what you can do. And you guys got this. <laughs> College is a hard time, but we're getting through it and we're making the best of it. So I think that's, that's what I would say. Wise words, American Council. Uh, thank you so much for, again, being on the podcast and uh, have a great summer. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. Thanks for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed our conversation and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe and give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening on. If you're a prospective student and you're interested in learning more about the program, email us at goodnightscholarship at ncsu.edu. And remember, no matter what time of day you're listening in, we always hope that you have a good night. I'm Anthony O'Leary Wright. Peace out.